Explain these SP plus rankings to me, the preseason rankings that I think there are so many rankings nowadays. It used to be Tony Barnhart would sit down and tell you who he thought his top 25 teams were. And I cared because I thought Tony Barnhart was smart. Nowadays, we have all these computers and stuff. And I find it very interesting that we lean on computers for preseason rankings when in reality, you should have a formula, not a television show, to pick out the college football playoff. Then Florida State would have no gripe if they didn't show up first in a formula. It would be way simpler. But you got to have a TV show for ratings and to sell advertising. And trust me, I get that. Um, but explain the SP, SP plus rankings and what they mean. Because I do like that they're very factual. This is not subjective. This is objective. Well, before we actually go there, I just want to point out that uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug my history video on the history of the national championship. We've actually regressed because in the 1920s, when the first ranking started to begin, they used formulas. They didn't use some arbitrary AP or coaches poll voting. They literally used formulas until the 30s and the 40s. So rankings started as formulas, funny enough. And luckily, we're kind of coming back to it now with analytics and things like SP+. So SP+, take... We are, but we're not. It should be a formula for the college football playoff. Well, I think that there should be objective, but the, but I don't get caught up in that. Let's just talk SB plus rankings. Yes, well, because I will say there's always a flaw with formulas because there's things that they can, just can't take into account that you do need the human eye to do. And so it, it's I wouldn't even mind if they had veto power. Like if you if you set up a system, I don't want to get sidetracked, but if you set up a system where it was a formula, and then at the end of the day, there's let's say thirteen or whatever. And you can veto, you have to have two-thirds of the vote. I could figure something out that would be more formulaic and less of a television show in about five minutes. And part yeah. of it might be based off this SP Plus ranking, which I want you to explain to us. Okay, so basically, it takes into account three things. Returning production, recent history, and recent recruiting. So it does look at the actual recruiting composite talents, which I think are valuable. And it looks at um, the success you had, which is obviously valuable. And then, yeah, it does take into account. I mean, it's the three most important things that anybody would take into account for a program to do well. And now the the flaw with SP Plus is if you are going through a quarterback change, you take a really big hit in your returning production advantage. Because for obvious reasons, the quarterback is going to have a significant amount of the production that you had. And so that's going to hurt some teams that may be underrated particularly if they're returning a bunch of talent elsewhere and they're having an upgrade at quarterback i think you know where i'm going when i say that dave right yes but but first i, I want you to give me an even more baseline account and, th and that is it also factors in recruiting as well yes it does it factors in recruiting rankings and talent and things like that they have added the transfer portal into recruiting he did that. Bill Connolly did that starting last year. So transfers and recruiting rankings have been factored in as one talent composite stat line, similar to what 247 Sports does with the 247 Sports talent composite rankings every year now. That's okay. what recruiting is. That's what this formula includes. All right. So Tennessee is number 15. Derek asked, Dave, did you DoorDash that coffee? No, that was a Denda special. So she'll be she'll be having some picks uh, later on. By the way, she killed it with a Jawan Jennings pick. Uh, we won on that touchdown. Hey, um, so 
all right, Caleb, it's based off recruiting. It's based off returning production and what else? And uh, recent history, recent success, which is okay. obviously a big factor. Okay, so Tennessee number 15, that's low to me. Tennessee should be 12-10. I hear a lot of people predicting Tennessee with an 8-4 and four season. I just don't get it. I, I There's one guy in particular that used to be an Alabama quarterback. I'm not going to call out because I don't believe in calling out other media. But I really think that maybe he's got other hobbies besides football and that he, he doesn't like keeping up with football. Because if you watched football at all last year and you saw what was happening in the passing game, you know that Tennessee should be better without Joe Milton. And if you didn't see that in the bowl game, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, that person is picking Tennessee at eight and four. And I just don't get it. I mean, I, I don't get eight and four. I don't get 15 in preseason rankings. I am just telling you that I, I, I said this in 2022. The easiest bet on the board, if you can find it, go make money. Can I get an amen from Denda over here who's working? She amen. says, she says, amen. If you can get Tennessee at eight and a half wins this season, take the over. You're going to make money. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to get too into that. So preseason, uh, here we go. So what are the, who's ranked ahead of Tennessee? All right, so I'll go through the list, and then I'll explain why. I'm going to break down why Tennessee is where they are. Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Texas, Michigan, Alabama, Penn State, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, LSU, Missouri, Florida State, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. Wow. Um there's a lot of teams. And listen, this is because of the Nico factor. And you guys on the message board know more than some of the analysts out there. Um, they should be way higher. You've seen Nico. Well, this is mathematical. I, it's not like he didn't arbitrarily do this. This is mathematical on why Tennessee okay. number 15. Okay. Continue then. I'm trying not to uh, get frustrated with the, the, some of these formulas. Go ahead. Okay. This is what the this is the flaw in the formula. Here's why Tennessee's number 15. First of all, there are seven teams that are returning their quarterback from last year on that list, which uh, that are ahead of Tennessee. The other seven have ha had more success last year and have overall higher ranked 247, have higher ranked talent based on recruiting rankings in the transfer portal. So here's the flaw with this Tennessee's advantage for this year is more than anything. Let me put quarterback aside real quick. If you take out quarterback in terms of returning production, Tennessee is one of the top 10 teams in the country. They return a lot of talent. The chemistry is huge. And you know this, Dave. The chemistry outweighs a lot of the talent sometimes nowadays in football, right? And remember this too. You didn't you didn't have a lot of production returning because of Brew McCoy's injury. And I know exactly. every team could I know every team could say that, you know, one guy got hurt and, and that sort of thing. But that is a factor. I mean, that's a lot of returning production you would have had. Had Nico started the whole season, that's a lot of returning production they would have had. Okay, let's let's say that just for instance. But this is can I throw this out? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to misinterpret the data. But if Nico was the starting quarterback last year and did what Milton did at a bare minimum and Brew McCoy plays the whole season and has 800 yards. Does it change Tennessee's ranking? Absolutely. They would be top seven. Okay. At that point, 
okay. would be top seven easily. So the flaw in this is that, and this is, and because remember last week with Jimmy, we broke down the SP plus rankings of returning production and Tennessee was down at number 94. Remember that? And okay. they were down at number 94, but they would have been in the top 20 had it not been for the quarterback. They're getting punished in their returning production because the quarterback is, and Bill Connolly acknowledged this, the quarterback's production is 60% of his formula for returning production on offense. And quite honestly, it should probably be more than that in Tennessee's offense. But so the quarterback production is about 60%. Well, that's going to really wreck your returning production. What if you gave Tennessee back that 60% and then said, they're going to have an upgraded quarterback this year, which we all know they're going to have an upgraded quarterback, right? Like we can, that's the most obvious statement in the history of mankind. Yes. Yeah. This can't account for that. So that's the flaw in the SP plus rankings is they can't account for the fact they can't account for where you're upgrading at positions. And so you're right. If the injury bug bites and you lose a lot of production, you can't account for guys who were injured coming back. That the 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 formula can't account for that at all, so which would be an upgrade. So that's the flaw in this that makes it a little more difficult. And I think what's being underrated is Tennessee's returning production where they need to return production, and they're upgrading in a lot of other places. And I think that's kind of a big deal. This would be the same flaw. I mean, quite honestly, let's be honest. If the SP Plus formula came out in 1998, Tennessee would be probably about number 15, given everything they lost that year. So um, I think we could agree that not having Joe Milton and having Nico is better, correct? Correct. So Yeah, but it's I, wrecking Tennessee and returning production. Right. So given the teams that are ahead of Tennessee, and I want to respect this particular formula, but if you just factored in Nico is going to be from what? A B minus to an A at quarterback? Yes. Maybe even a C plus. Um, where would you put Tennessee? Where would you put their preseason rankings? I'm curious because I know where I would have them because I was actually looking at this over the weekend. Okay, so the re- when you they're not going above Georgia. Georgia beats Tennessee in all three categories, no matter what, right? Like okay. quarterback. I mean, returning production, recruiting, and recent success. There's no way they're going ahead of Georgia. I would have. They're not going to go ahead of Ohio State. Tennessee would beat Ohio State in returning production, but recent history in recruiting, you can't ignore that, right? So they can't be ahead of Ohio State. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, What about about Michigan? Is Michigan ahead of them with a new coach? I would rather be a team. Well, that's the thing. This formula doesn't factor in a new coach. I know, but I'm just saying that's one that I would put Tennessee above. Yeah, but you have to – yeah, but okay, we're talking. We're not talking about where Tennessee should be. We're talking about where Tennessee would be in SP plus. Um, exactly, but I'm just asking you if you factored in what you knew as Caleb, the sports expert, which you are. Where would you put? Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, I would sure as heck put them above Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Florida State, and Missouri and Notre Dame. Those are just give me some put and Penn State. I'd sure as heck put them above all of those teams. I'd also put them above Ole Miss because I believe in team chemistry and I just don't believe you can buy a championship with a bunch of free agents and not have guys who played together well. Um, I would put them over, uh, I believe I've, at this point, I'm at number seven with only LSU maybe 
in that first round. And I, I think I put him over LSU. I think they have more chemistry right now than LSU, okay. honestly. Okay, so, let, so me ask you, six. let me ask you this. Where will the coaches and AP have them ranked? Because that is where I think Tennessee is going to get a big kick in the gut. Not that it matters. Preseason rankings don't matter. But um, that's that's going to bother Tennessee fans. Remind you that Apex Apparel brings you the apparel that you can win on uh, Hooker's Corner, our Patreon group. Become a John today, and you can win some fantastic gear. We're going to give away some of the Hooker shirts that we have. Uh, we're giving all of that away today, and we're going to have a drawing here shortly uh, from Rick Terry Jewelry Design for the Fire Opals. But when it comes to your business, Apex Apparel, a one-stop shop for all products, screen printing, embroidery, signage, promo products, is called Tyler at 865-919-3001. 865-919-3001. You want to make a lunch bet, Caleb? I don't know when we'll see each other, but we'll make a lunch bet. Tennessee will not be in the top 10 of the AP or coaches poll. Oh, no, I'm not going to bet that. I know they won't be in the top 10. Okay, I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to see where I can get you to break. Tennessee would not be a top 12 team. They're not going to break me. I'm still not taking that bet. They won't. Okay, Tennessee, a top 15. I'm putting the 14 and a half. You're taking the over to the under. I'm still going to take the lower. Going to take the lower. Um, I will take. I think, here, here's here's why. I'm going to take Tennessee higher than 14 and a half. So 14 or better in the AP. Because I think that, frankly, that's a better poll. And I think that the media knows um, each other without bias better than the coaches do. The coaches don't like the fact that Josh Heupel run up scores. So I think they're always going to be a little bit below uh, what they will be in the AP. So I'm going to go with AP 14, coaches 17. I'm going to go 16, AP 17, coaches. Because there's a flaw with AP voters. And I'm, I'm going to actually, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to give the college football playoff committee some credit and something they do that I don't think, that I think college football playoff committee Guys, it's very important for the for the for the sake of sports discourse. Josh Pate tweeted this out three days ago. For about ten years now, and Dave and I are part of this sphere. Sports discourse among YouTube podcasters is so much more in depth and smarter than sports discourse among regular media members, isn't it, Dave? It's so much better. Well, well yeah, and I used to always say that it was funny. I thought this was when college game day was kind of in its infancy when somebody would say, Kirk Herbstreet thinks this. I was like, well, Kirk Herbstreet doesn't spend nothing against Kirk Herbstreet or Lee Corso. He doesn't spend 60 hours covering one football team every week. That's what I did. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet and other people would come up to me and say, hey, Dave, what are you hearing about this guy? And I would give him a little bit of insight. That's how you did it. Uh, it's right. how the TV guys do it. You remember Al McGuire by chance, the – the color commentator who was so good back in the day, he had like a short run, elderly gentleman, smelled just like Aqua Belva. And he came up and asked me everything about Tennessee's basketball team before an NCAA tournament thing that he could think of. And when he went in, he was completely informed. He talked to me and like two or three other people. So you're absolutely right. You got me on a yeah. tangent. And, and, well, no, the reason I was going that route is because I just thought about the Super Bowl the other night. And the whole discourse for the next three days was everything San Francisco did wrong and everything Kansas City did right. And in my mind, I'm like, Dave, you and I watched the same game. 
that's not how the Super Bowl went. Kansas City did a lot of things wrong, right? And if one play goes differently, they lose that game. And perhaps and, and, if they know the rules of overtime. If Sam, yeah, Sam exactly. Wins that game. So we're it, but the whole narrative is everything Casey did right and everything San Francisco did wrong. And I'm thinking people want the college football playoff committee to be this way. They want they want you to be totally what your record says. You know the the playoff committee is doing to their credit? They're saying you're not what your record says. You're what we see you do in the game. Like you're not just reflective of wins and losses. And that it, that's and there's so many people that are obsessed with best team based on wins and losses. That's not how this works, guys. And and so I think that I think that that's one of the flaws of the AP and the coaches polls. This is one of the flaws of the SP plus rankings, by the way. They only see, and this actually would probably hurt Tennessee even more, to be fair, because they only see that Tennessee went eight and four last year. They can't see that Tennessee didn't like got actually blown out in their four losses. You know what I mean? They can't see that and they can't factor that in. And so I think there's a, you know, measuring actual talent by wins and losses when it's a probability game. I think that it's kind of a big deal. The most important factor, the most important metric on how good a team is, and y'all can call me crazy on this, but it's crazy. Vegas. It's Vegas because Vegas has the most stake in actually getting it right, don't they? They actually have financial interest in getting it right. Uh, uh, yes, and um, I was talking to somebody at the SEC office, and there is real concern that among administrators that Vegas has an inside source at every single significant school. Like when I say every single significant school, I'm not talking top 25, I'm talking top 125. Because all it takes is a trainer that's just getting a scholarship or maybe $18,000 a year. And you tell him, here's 10,000 to let me know how serious that injury is with Bob Jones. There's serious concern. So you're right. Vegas has the most insight. Now, I love uh, Elias's take. I kind of prefer if we start close to 20, none of it's going to matter until the OU game, talking about Oklahoma. Uh, absolutely agree with that. Potentially getting more positive coverage for being surprisingly good than just being viewed as being good as expected. You know, This is the first year, though. What's funny? Have you thought about this? It doesn't matter at all what the AP and coaches' rankings are. You don't have to climb people and jump into a top two or a top four. There were times where if you're Cincinnati, a lot of things had to work your way to jump teams. You don't have to do that anymore. You just got to be in a top 12. And this, this conversation, I just realized it during the conversation, is mute, as they would say in Maynardable. No, it doesn't matter at all. Exactly. It absolutely doesn't matter at all. And it's... You know, I mean, it hasn't mattered in college basketball. People say it hasn't mattered in college basketball, but let's be honest. We don't, you don't think the selection committee is lazily looking at ranking sometimes to get their information when they're picking teams. They absolutely are. And um, because this is, this is the difference between Vegas and these analysts and these AP and coaches poll people. Vegas is actually doing the research on these teams. The AP and coaches polls, and you know, this, the coach is like, I don't know. I guess that's, this guy should be 12th or I guess this guy should be 15th. Uh, sure. Whatever. And like, I got to go study. I got to go prepare for practice this week. And right. yeah. So I, I think this SP plus formula is, I believe in analytics. 
But guys, it's not a concern because there are the flaw in analytics. Now, AI is going to change this. There will be AI rankings in about 10 years. So that's going to change everything. But until AI comes along, I think that you need to factor the human eye into analytics because it can be a fraud otherwise. I agree.